Hi, welcome to International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church, it's about building a great people. Today is part one of our new series, Small Changes, Big Difference. We want to let you know of a few dates coming up. On June 26th through the 28th, our highlight event of the summer, Family Matters, is back. Family Matters is three great nights with something specific for everyone, including VBS for the kids and fun and prizes in IFC Youth. Mark your calendars to join us for Family Matters, June 26th through the 28th. We believe that the local church is the hope of the world and that simple acts of kindness and generosity can open the hearts of many to the love of Jesus. Coming up on July 14th, we'll be joining the hundreds of churches to take part in a nationwide initiative called Serve Day. Serve Day is an annual opportunity for the church to get out of the church and make a difference in the surrounding community. If you're passionate about helping people in the way that can impact their lives forever, we want to encourage you to join us for this special day. You can play an important role in helping others and spreading the love of Jesus in the greater Boston area and beyond. Full info about the various opportunities and how to get involved will be available at intlfamilychurch.com. Mark your calendars for Serve Day, July 14th, and get ready to make a difference in the lives of those around you. Now please enjoy an inspirational message from our pastor. Well, you're ready for our brand new series? Oh, you can do better than that. I, I need some encouragement this morning. Are you ready for a brand new series? Excellent. I believe you are. Come on, let's pray. Father, thank you for this awesome opportunity we have to study your word today. I believe, Lord, what we're about to hear is just what we need just in the right time and season of our lives. Holy Spirit, you know how to orchestrate our lives because you're our helper. And we thank you that you're coming alongside of us to help us today, to give us all the information we need. And we believe that the seed that is sown into hearts that are ready now to receive it will produce a great harvest, some 30, 60, and 100 fold. We believe that what we need, we're about to hear. We're about to get wisdom, strategy, insight, answer, solutions, the things that we just can't figure out ourselves. But we know you know how to give it to us. And we're grateful for it. We'll give you all the honor and praise because you're the only one that's worthy of it all. All of God's people said, amen. amen. Welcome to a four-part series entitled, Small Changes, Big Difference. Small Changes, Big Difference. See, I believe the majority of people that I come in contact with on a regular basis believe that because they have such big problems, they need big answers to solve them. I get why you think that way. Because when you're overwhelmed and you're emotionally distraught and you wake up in the morning and there it is, in the afternoon that's all you're thinking about, you go to bed and it's on your mind, you wake up and there it is again. It can be very overwhelming, especially if you see no way out, especially if you don't know what the next step should be. And it seems like it's just getting worse and worse. So I get that you think that big problems need big answers. But I'm telling you today, when you make small changes, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Some years ago in a New Year's Eve service that we were hosting, this word rose up in my wife's heart that has rocked our world ever since. I know some of you are already shaking your head. You know what that statement is. And here it was, small adjustments bring radical change. Remember that word? Wow. 
It rocked our world. We've applied that to our lives ever since. It's been something you hear often around here because it's just so true. You know, we want radical change and we think we just got to do radical things. And, and while it's, it's good to be radical if you want radical change, but I have to understand something. There are things that we're overlooking in our lives because we don't respect these small things, thinking that these small things won't make that big of a difference in the biggest issues that I'm going through in life. So what are the small adjustments? What are these small changes that we can make that will bring a radical change or a big difference in our lives? Today I want to talk to you about a seed sown. A seed sown. See, in the book of Genesis, we read about Noah. We know that there was a flood that destroyed the world. And we know that when the flood was over, the Bible tells us that Noah, first thing he did was he made sacrifice to God. God was so moved by his sacrifices that because of Noah's faith, God gave certain promises and spoke certain promises over humankind. It wasn't just over Moses, Noah and his family. It was over the human race. Are we a part of the human race? Yeah. So even though thousands of years ago, because of Noah's faith, God spoke certain things, and one of the promises that he spoke over humankind, over you and me, is found in Genesis 8.22. As long as the earth endures, or as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, Day and night will what? Say that again. Really? Never cease. Now, we live in the climate that we do where we have a lot of cold. We're looking for some heat. Can I get an amen in the room? Right? Well, we have winter and we have summer. We get that there's night and there's day. And we get that. We experience that on an ongoing basis. But oftentimes, we don't respect in the same dimension of power that those seasons are is seed time and harvest. The good news is that there's harvest on the other side of seed time. It's not just plant your seed, 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 plant your seed. Aren't you glad that there's harvest? Well, if you're planting the right seeds, you're glad that there's harvest. I want to give you three insights. Before I do, I I want to make sure you understand what our big takeaway today is. Here's the one main truth I want you to go home with. Everybody can handle one truth. Here it is. Our lives are transformed when we evaluate our thoughts, words, and actions as seeds that will produce a harvest. That's powerful. We're going to unpack that today. Evaluate is a key word there. Have we evaluated properly our thoughts our words as actions, as actual seeds that will produce a harvest. Three important truths, three important insights you need to understand. When you understand these insights, they will make a huge difference in your life. Number one, you ready? You ready? All right, number one, you reap what you sow. All God's people said, I know you don't necessarily like that, but it's true. You reap what you sow. 
Galatians 6, 7 says it in the J.B. Phillips translation. Man, what an awesome translation it is. Here's what it says. It says, don't be under any illusion. You cannot make a fool of God. A man's heart, a man's harvest in life will depend, read the rest with me. What's that word? Really? Entirely? Pastor, you're telling me that the Bible says a man's harvest in life will depend entirely on what he sows? That's what the Bible says. Look it up in any translation you want. Original language all around. Yep, it says and it means what it says. Says what it means and it means what it says. See, envision this morning. Envision your life. Envision your future as a field. A raw piece of dirt that you get to do what you want with it when you want to do it. And imagine, please, this dirt belongs to you. It's yours. You can do what you want with it. What would happen if someone said to the field, give me some potatoes. Give me some corn. Give me, you fill in the blank. Right? You fill in the blank. Would the field respond? Would the dirt break out? and deliver? Does a harvest come by wishing? Now, how about a Christian who says, I'm just going to pray for corn. I command corn to come out of that ground, right? You can say in Jesus' name, you can quote whatever you want to quote. Let me tell you something. Would the field respond? See, listen very carefully. Our individual lives are like the field. It won't respond to a wish or even a prayer. It only responds to a seed. Wow. Only responds to a seed. Let's take the scenario a little farther. What if we mistakenly put watermelon seeds in the ground? And we realize after we sow them, I don't want watermelon seeds. Can you say to the dirt, can you say, hey, dirt, seeds, I made a mistake. I like to cancel these strawberry seeds. Will the earth say, hey, no big deal. We all make mistakes. No. Strawberries will not be denied. The seed that was unleashed and the potential in that seed for strawberries was already unleashed. We can't say, oh, my bad. I didn't want to plant those seeds. I didn't want to do that. I will just cancel that. The watermelon will not be denied. There's going to be a harvest. Amen. Amen. Uh, According to Genesis chapter 1, the law of the harvest insists that everything produces after its own kind. Everything. You know, gorillas can't have cows. Horses can't have sheep. Right? Why? It's a law. Everything produces after its own kind. No matter what Darwin says, you are no monkey's uncle. See, an entire animal kingdom, all the plants, all the fruit-bearing trees, and all, listen, all the living creatures are subject to the law of the harvest, amen, and can only produce after their own kind. It's a spiritual law, and the spiritual law is not... Limited to plants and animals, it's equally as potent to some subtle areas of our lives. There's a harvest in what we think about. 
There's a harvest in what we say. There's a harvest in what we do. One of the most common questions that I get from Christians when somebody suggests to them that it's time for them to grow up or it's time for them to change their behavior or it's time for them for a lifestyle change, I hear them saying, Pastor, is what I'm doing a sin? To reap a desirable harvest, listen, it's not about is it a sin, it's rather about is it a seed? The question is not, will this behavior or this lifestyle keep me out of heaven? The question is, what will it do to the quality of my life here on earth? Amen. See, people who have, are harvest-minded, they move away from sin consciousness. I'm not saying to ignore sin, but they understand sin consciousness, but they understand there is another law, another consciousness called seed consciousness. When you're a harvester, you are seed-minded. You are seed-conscious about it. Christian people sow bad harvest just like non-Christians do. The seed doesn't cancel because you're a Christian. The seed doesn't cancel because you go to IFC. The seed doesn't cancel because you, you, are, you are under the, the greatest pastor in the world. Oh, come on. Some of you need to give me some love this morning. <laughs> oh, you're amazing. No, it doesn't change it at all, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian. Seed is seed. Seed doesn't know if you're a Christian or not. Seed doesn't know if you're a tongue talker or not. Seed doesn't know if you understand the Bible or not. Seed doesn't know if you're a, a child of God for 50 years or you've been an alcoholic for 50 years. doesn't change anything. Why? Because the power is in the seed. Are you with me this morning? You reap what you sow. Second insight you need to understand this morning, number two, is be selective in what you sow. Matthew 12, 33 says, make a tree, make a tree good and his fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and his fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. A tree is recognized by his fruit. Listen, we all know an apple tree is an apple tree by observation. You walk in your backyard and you see a bunch of apples on your tree, you're not going to say grapevine. No. And your neighbor's going to think, what? Come on. Everybody knows it's an apple tree. Right? You don't have to be even an expert in bananas, but if you see bananas hanging on a tree, guess what you're going to call it? A banana tree. You're not going to call it an orange tree, right? Because you're not, you're not, you're not foolish. You're, you have understanding. By observation, we can understand what kind of tree that is, right? On the other hand, if you're interested in producing a specific harvest, you must learn how to recognize a harvest in a seed, it's one thing to observe, oh, I have a harvest once the harvest comes. But we need to learn how to deal with the harvest before the harvest is a harvest. I'm no expert in farming. I don't know the difference between one organic seed and another. I see a bunch of seeds. If there's no pitcher on it, right, I'm not going to be a very good judge. Is that a tomato seed? Is that a, is that a, a pumpkin seed? Is that a, some other kind of seed? That's not going to be good because I'm going to guess and think I'm planting something else 
but I'm not planting what I thought I was planting. Come on, somebody. Amen. I'm not trying to create a harvest of wheat or barley or oranges, but the sower who wants a specific kind of harvest in his field, he must be able to recognize a harvest by looking at a seed. How terrible will that be? The farmer spends all his money on on combines and the right kind of farming equipment to harvest corn, right? There's there's some specific equipment. There's specific um, nourishment. There's specific things in the ground, specific things to keep the bugs away because it's unique. It's a harvest of corn. But he found out that by accident, he planted green beans, He's in trouble. He doesn't have the equipment for green beans. He doesn't have a market for green beans. He has a market. He's determined the value of what he's going to get out of that harvest by the corn and the market price of the corn, not the market price of green beans. See, the farmer is going to be much more um, uh, specific and selective. And we are, I'm looking at a room full of 21st century farmers. And we need to be more selective in the seeds we sow. If there wasn't a tomato pitcher on that carton of seeds, I wouldn't know those are tomato seeds, right? But we, we need pitchers. I, I need information. Listen, it's too late to change the harvest after it's come. We must see it and select it while it's still a seed. Oh, this is good preaching this morning. In order to reap a desirable harvest, we must learn to recognize the harvest in what we think about before we think it, what we say before we say it, what we do before we do it. This isn't rocket science. It really is in comparison to a lot of things in life, a small change that produces a big difference in our lives. Ask yourself before sowing a seed, will this produce a desirable harvest in my life? Will, 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 will this move me towards my goal or will it take me away from my goal? Will this cause my marriage to be stronger or this cause my marriage to be weaker? Will this bring me closer to or farther away from God? Will this put me in more debt? Will this put me in less debt? Will this set me up for my business? Will this cause me to not be able to do what I've longed and what the dream in my heart is? Since there's a harvest in every seed, the ability to recognize the harvest before it is a harvest is the beginning step in making big changes in your life. Amen. You want a big change in your life? Then before it's a harvest, begin to be a mature, be a grown-up, be a person of, of understanding. Take understanding and responsibility for your life and begin to not just do it to do it because everybody else is doing it. Do it to do it because you want a specific harvest. Man, that's good. For example, some people want more money than they want integrity. So they make a choice to ignore their integrity and do whatever they have to do for that sale. There are some young adults who want more of God, more of God, more than their sexual passions, so they've made a choice to wait until they're married. 
right? There are some parents who want to be great parents and want their children to be world changers. So what do they do? They want that more than anything else. So they determine to be a great example of what it means to put God first in front of their kids. Are you getting this? Amen. See, that's the part that's so good because the wise sower always seeks, listen, the wise sower always seeks the seed that represents the desired harvest of their life. By choosing the seed, the wise sower sets in motion a desired destiny. Wow, that's a big word, destiny. Wow, that's a big word, small seed. The wise sower realizes, I want this destiny over here, so I need to back up way over here, probably years, way before that destiny ever happens. And I need to recognize I need to be selective in the seed I sow here. So when I get over here, I'm not thinking, huh, I didn't want this. I didn't want this heartache. I didn't want to suffer like this. I didn't, I didn't want to do this to my marriage. I, I didn't want to do this to my kids. I didn't want to screw up my life. I didn't want this to happen, right? So don't be surprised if you didn't sow it there, you're not going to expect it here. Wow. Amen. See, When you learn to recognize the harvest that's in every seed, you create a predictable harvest. A predictable harvest. People who apply the principle of selective sowing trust the law of the harvest. Listen very carefully. I'm going to be very open with you. I am not surprised when I get blessed. I'm going to say, wow, where'd that come from? That's awesome. I'm not surprised when I get blessed. You know why? Because I live to be a blessing. I'm not surprised when favor comes to the Del Turco household. Not surprised at all. You know why? Because I bestow favor. I'm giving favor. I'm not surprised when constant encouragement is coming my way from my family, my wife, my children, my grandchildren, uh, the partners and friends of IFC, my team, my staff. I'm not surprised by that at all. You know why? Because I'm a gigantic encourager. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised there are people that want to give to IFC, that want to help us fulfill our vision, that want to come alongside and use their gifts and use their their money and use what they're good at. I'm not surprised that people want to do that. You know why? Because we are constantly blessing other churches and constantly blessing people, trying to help businessmen and businesswomen succeed and become millionaires. I'm not surprised by that. Why? Because I'm sowing those seeds. Listen, 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 listen. I'm setting you up. Setting you up. You were clapping a minute ago. So, if you're not experiencing favor, if you're not experiencing encouragement, if you're not experiencing love, if you're not experiencing good friends, if you're not experiencing certain aspects about your life, if you're not experiencing increase in your life, if you're not experiencing those things that you long for, everybody does. Everybody has a dream for these things. If you're not experiencing the favor of God, the goodness of God, if you're not experiencing a return on your giving, if you're not experiencing all that, perhaps, just saying, you didn't sow any seeds for it. 
Just saying. All right? Why? Because you can't, you can't wish for it to come. You want to get out of debt and you don't tithe? Don't be surprised that you'll be in debt for the rest of your life. Don't be surprised you have to hustle and hustle and hustle and hustle and hustle and hustle and work three and four or five jobs. You might be able to get out of it, but you might have a heart attack in the meantime or not enjoy your family in the process. Right? I mean, we're making it real, aren't we? Amen. See, if you want to harvest, what is your desired harvest? Then identify the seed you need to sow. Be selective. Let's move on. Wow. None of this happens by coincidence. One more thing I want to say. This happens to anybody who's a sower of good seeds. You can't say, oh, that's just you, pastor. You're a pastor. You're the pastor here. Of course God's going to bless you. Your father was a pastor. Your grandfathers were pastors. It's on you. That's why you're blessed. Baloney. Full of baloney is right. I know there are certain blessings that come with my legacy. Absolutely. But my mom, who was in the first service today, she can't sow seeds for me. I got to sow my own seeds. Uh, she can't pray blessings for me. She can pray for me and believe God, yes, but somehow I got to say, I want this. I need this. I thank you for this. I sow my own seed. So whether you come from a legacy of pastors or a legacy of addiction, it doesn't matter. The seed doesn't know the difference. All you have to do is become a good sower. Right? If you don't like your harvest... What do you have to do? Change your seed. Come on. Wake up. If you don't like your harvest today, you don't like where you are right now, you're not happy with your life right now, guess who can change it? You. You can change it. Small changes, big difference. You ready for our last point? Well, you're going to like this, I hope. Number three, we reap more than we sow. Why do farmers sow seed? To get the exact number of what they sowed? That's not why they sow corn, right? In the corn is the stalk of corn, and in the ear of corn is all these um, uh, corn, and, and in that corn are hundreds of kernels, right? So, so he gets, a, sows a seed, he's selective, he wants corn, got the equipment for it, the market for it, he's ready for it, the barn's for it, silos for it, he's ready to go, and he, so he sows the seed, and he knows he's going to get much more than what he sowed. It's a law. It's part of it. In the same way with both sin and righteousness, a small decision to do either good or bad reaps a bigger crop for either joy or sorrow. See, that's the lie of sin. That's no big deal. You got to do what feels good to you, right? Hashtag, hashtag no regrets. Right? Social media hijacked that. It used to be a good phrase. Now hashtag no regrets is I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going drinking whether you like it or not. No hashtag no regrets. I'm going to go do a one-night stand because I want to do a one-night stand. Hashtag no regrets. Right? I'm going to do some drugs. I'm going to do this. I'm going to party till I, till I pass out. Hashtag no regrets. Well, you can do that if you want to, but man, you're going to reap sorrow magnified. 
That's the lie of sin. No big deal. It's not going to hurt anybody. Nobody's going to miss this $100 bill. Nobody's going to miss this. Nobody's going to know what I did under the table. No big deal. You know, hashtag no regrets. Listen, let me tell you something. It makes a massive deal what we do every single day of our lives. Yes. You want more of good, you got to sow good seeds. You want more bad... Number three, right? We reap more than what we sow. We've been talking about that, right? Listen, archaeologists discovered seeds preserved. Egyptians put them thousands of years ago in the pyramids for the afterlife. How'd that work out? Right? But the scientists took those same seeds and planted them. Guess what happened? They grew. The potential that was locked in that seed had been locked in that seed for thousands of years. All it took was somebody to take it and sow it. And when they sowed it, the potential locked in there, hidden for years, thousands of years, became a reality. When a father doesn't express love to his children, it's like having seed left in the barn. When a person who's gifted doesn't use their gift to serve others, it's like having seed in the barn. There's no harvest by holding seed. You don't hold seed. You sow seed. My last scripture, Ecclesiastes 11, 1, 4, and 6. Cast your bread upon the waters, for after many days you'll find it again. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. That's all talking about circumstances and how terrible and tough that season is. Sow your seed in the morning. At the evening, let not your hands be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that or whether both will do equally well. So the verse is challenging us to make seed sowing a daily part of our lives, a part of our lifestyle. The farmer can do several things. He can save the seed, just put it in the barn. He can sell the seed and get some money off of it. Or he can eat the seed. All three of those are okay. But none of those actions bring a harvest. Right? Only one thing brings a harvest. Sowing it. So a farmer knows he takes the best of the corn, doesn't have a barbecue, right? He doesn't give it to his family. He doesn't give it to his neighbors, his friend, as, as gifts, right? He takes the best seed and does what with it? Sows it. Sows it. So we can't be eating all of our seed, right? Yes, there's seed for eating. Yes, there's seed for storing. Yes, there's seed for giving away. No doubt about it. But we must recognize God gives seed to the who? The sower, if you're sowing seed, guess what you get more of? More seed. Amen. He doesn't give seed to the stingy. He doesn't give seed to the eater. He doesn't give seed to the hoarder. He gives seed to the sower. People who take in without generously giving out will soon begin to see a shortage of good things coming their way. Wow. What's in your house? Good question. What's in your house? 
2 Kings chapter 4, there's a distraught widow. It's the widow of Elisha. Goes to the prophet of God. Um, and this widow says to Elisha, Elisha knows and knew her husband because he served under Elisha, the prophet. And the widow woman says, you got to help me out here because the creditors are coming. They're going to take my sons. You got to help me out here. You, you got you to do something. You, you know people. You can do things. Come on. I don't want to lose my sons. Now, Elisha, as much as the, he was family to this family, didn't say, I'll take care of it. He didn't take responsibility for it. He asked her a question. What's in your house? The widow woman said, nothing. Uh, I, I got the little pot of oil, not much left. She didn't respect the seed that was in her own house, right? So it's easy to assume there's no seed when you're emotionally distraught, financial instability, facing insufficiency, lack. But how important is to remember, listen, there will never be a day in your life where you'll never have seed to sow. We always have something, even though that something does not look like nothing. It's still a seed that will produce a harvest in your life. When Moses complained to God that he wasn't talented enough, I, I can't do this thing you're asking me to do, to go set my people free, to go stand before a Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world. Are you kidding me? I can't put two words together. I'm not a good talker. I'm not a good speaker. I'm, I don't do public speaking. I, I'm going to make a mess of this. And, and he's going to laugh at me and so forth. And God asked him a question. What's that thing in your hand? God then instructed Moses to let it go and throw it down. And we know that great things happen because of it. The sowing of today's seed, listen, is the answer to tomorrow's need in your life. Wow. I discovered this following analogy years ago. You know, I save things. I have a digital file that I put stories in and things that I read, I think, you know, I'm going to use that one day. Years ago, I don't even remember how many years ago. It's got quite a few years ago. I saved this, thinking for when was the best time to use it. Today is the day. Listen very carefully. It was entitled, Whose Hands? Whose Hands? A basketball in my hands is worth about $19. A basketball in Steph Curry's hands is worth $34 million. It depends whose hands it's in. A baseball in my hands is worth $6. A baseball in J.D. Martinez's hand, who plays for the Red Sox, is worth $24 million. Depends whose hands it's in. A tennis racket in my hands is useless. A tennis racket in Venus Williams' hands is a Wilmington championship. It depends on whose hands it's in. A rod in my hands will keep away wild animals. A rod in Moses' hands will part the mighty sea. Depends on whose hands it's in. A slingshot in my hands is a kid's toy. A slingshot in David's hand was a mighty weapon. It depends whose hands it's in. Two fish and five loaves of bread in my hands is a couple of fish sandwiches. But two fish and five loaves of bread in God's hands feeds thousands. 
It depends on whose hands it's in. Come on, I'm preaching real good this morning. Come on, somebody. Amen. What's in your hand? What's in your house? What do you have that you're ignoring? What do you have that you're ignoring that you're not respecting today? What's the seed in you? What do you need today? It's in your house. It's in your hand. God would never allow you to go through insufficiency if you didn't already have the answer in your house, in your heart. There's a dream in your heart. There's a desire in your heart. There's a longing in your heart. Why? Because it's all part of the harvest God wants you to have in your life. These aren't overwhelming things. These are small changes that bring big differences in our lives. Remember our big takeaway today. Amen. Here's where we started. Our lives are transformed when we evaluate our thoughts, our words, and actions as seeds that will produce a harvest. I'm telling you, if you'll listen to this today, Hear it over and over again. It'll change your life. My wife and I bought into this years and years ago, and our life is an expression of the truth of this. Oh, I'm not saying that everything that just comes up, you know, roses and, and is awesome. No, man, there's, all, there's work to be done. You got to fight for your family like we talked about last week. You got to fight to believe God. You got to contend for what belongs to you. You got to stand your ground. We're living in a fallen world. We're living in a crazy, crazy time. But it doesn't change the fact that seed is seed. Whether it was the first century or the 21st century, it still works. It's still available to us. It's still part of God's plan. Come on, let's stand to our feet today. Come on, raise those hands towards heaven today. Thank Him for this word today. Father, I bless you today. Oh, my, 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 this was life-changing, Father. Thank you for this word today. Thank you for truth. Thank you, Lord God, help me breaking it down. It's a small change that'll bring a big difference in our lives. And Father, with my hands raised today, I declare forgive me for not evaluating my seeds better. Forgive me for being reckless with my words, with my actions, with my thoughts, with my seed sown or lack thereof. Forgive me, Father God, for not taking this serious. It's a law. You cannot be mocked. Whether it's good seed or bad seed, it's going to grow. So, Father, we thank you for a new day a new season for new harvests. You said there's no condemnation of them in Christ Jesus. No condemnation here for the sorrowful seasons that we have find ourselves in. No condemnation here. No judgment from this platform. Not at all. I've had bad harvests. I get it. But Father, we purpose in our heart from this day forward to take serious the seeds that we sow for your honor and for your glory in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing that chorus again. Come on, I believe that Jesus changes everything. Yeah.
and praise this morning. Come on, lift up your voice and praise Him today. Yeah! Miracles in my house today. We bless you, Most High God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, listen to this. There's, there's such an anointing on this message that's really going to bring change into your life. Really want to encourage you to take heart and, and, and apply it to your life. Last night, I was reading this portion of Scripture that really depicts what Pastor has been ministering to us today. It's from Isaiah chapter 28, verse 23 to 26 in the New Living Translation. It reads this. It says, Listen to me. Listen and pay, pay close attention. Does a farmer always plow and never sow? Is he forever cultivating the soil and never planting? Does he not finally plant seeds? Black cumin, cumin, wheat, barley, and emmer wheat, each in its proper way and each in its proper place. Talk about selective sowing. The conclusion, verse 26, the farmer knows just what to do, for God has given him an understanding. Today, you know just what you need to do because God has given you an understanding today. That's good. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, please. No one moving around, please, if you don't have to. Pastor Josh will close the service in just a moment. But I want to make sure everyone in this room knows how much God loves you. I want to make sure you know today that you leave this room that Jesus is living. He's a living, living Jesus inside of your heart. Not a Jesus in a storybook. Not a Jesus on the movie screen. But a Jesus that's real and lives inside your heart. That's the only way to change the inside of a man and a woman. Jesus needs to live on the inside. Only Jesus can change a man's nature, a woman's nature. You'll say, Pastor, I have never asked Jesus to come into my heart. Never. I need him. I'm realizing that I can't do this by myself. My own hard work, my own good deeds, my own will, I, I can make some progress, but I can't change the real me. I can't change the stripes inside of me. Only Jesus can do that. Only way to know that heaven is your home, Jesus is your Lord. The only way to know that a new beginning can happen in your life, that Jesus lives inside of your heart today. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. You're here in the room. You're joining us online. You say, Pastor, I need this Jesus. Pray for me, please. I need to know who you are today. You say, Pastor, I need this Jesus. I'm ready to take that next step and serve Jesus and be a follower of Christ. If that's you, will you raise your hand nice and high? I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. I want you to acknowledge your need for Jesus today. Who else? Who? Yes, thank you. God bless you. Who else? Raise it up. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else today? It's a very personal decision only you can make. Who else? Yes, sir. Thank you. Who else? Raise it up high. I was grateful in that first service. Man, we had men giving their lives to Christ. Men saying, yeah, I'll stand for Jesus. I need some of that. I need a life change. Who else today? Say, so that's me, Pastor. I'm ready. I'm ready to open up my heart to Jesus. I'm ready to take that next step. Everybody has a next step to take. 
Perhaps your next step is Jesus in your heart. Who else? Anybody else? Wonderful. We're grateful for these hands in the first and second service. I want us to pray this prayer, then Pastor Josh will come. Pray this together with me, all of us as a family. Join us online, please. Say with me, Father, in Jesus' name. Here's my heart. I need you, Jesus. Forgive me from my sin. I denounce my past. I want to serve you. Jesus, I declare you are my Lord and my Savior. I receive by faith salvation, eternal life, a new beginning, a changed life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for not giving up on me. I love you. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to part one of our new series, Small Changes, Big Difference. If you've enjoyed today's message, consider subscribing, rating, and sharing it with a friend. To find out more information about what's happening at International Family Church, please visit intlfamilychurch.com.